Back Double Feature presents Pick 6, where the guys round out a top 5 list with one extra. Horror, sci-fi, crappy sequels, all the titles you know and love. Plus beer. Tell us your picks, guys. Well, we've got some picks. And some six. No joke here. <laughs> Image unavailable. <laughs> hang 404 on, hang error. On. Hang on. Last time we're doing that music, gang. I said I wasn't going to say it that way, but You're fucking liar. I am. Well, I decide. I, I, we decided we're going to do new, all new music, all new voiceover since we're going forward for uh, the pick sixes. And uh, Nathan, so we wanted hope to, you enjoyed the. Nathan the last wanted. Bit of Nathan wanted to get away from the branding that I've spent four years. Right, but you changed. <laughs> you changed ours without even asking. You're like, I'm thinking some new music. <laughs> For the double features. Yeah. You got to so change it up. Eat, so eat a dick. You got to change it up every so often. I know. So that's mm-hmm. why I was thinking. I don't know what we're going to do, what, what the don't. music will be, but. And if not. From some fuck 70s em. cannibal <laughs> South America movie. Welcome to it, gang. It is pick six. I'm not Nathan. I'm not Bill. This is a uh, healthy tall boy Narragansett that I'm drinking. Ah, the official unofficial beer. A six pack double feature. These are the good hours. The time for Gansett. Narragansett lager beer. Oh, it's delicious and tasty. The things we talk about <laughs> on the Gansett drop plays. <laughs> Fuck it, I'll tell you. We were talking about uh, Jurassic Park. And I said, I love how uh, Allie's job as a paleontologist gives her full knowledge of just putting on a shoulder length glove and sticking her whole arm shoulder deep into a pile of Triceratops shit. And then Nathan mentioned the berries that she pulls out and said, what did I say? He said, do you see these? Do you see these? I'm like, do you smell that? <laughs> Your whole arm, arm smells. I'll bet that shit smell like went through that rubber glove. To a, to a, you still get some on you, man. Okay. <laughs> How quickly we can derail trying to find a little drop for a beer. Oh. A delicious, delicious beer. Thank you, Narragansett, for not officially even knowing that we exist. But hey creating we drink it because we can get it lemon phosphate it's for the delicious uh, and it's vegan yeah is it everything of theirs is vegan except uh the milk stout for obvious reasons so it's not vegan for the, the milk stout, stout is not right. but if you're vegan you can call drink it, it almond milk stout um so what are we doing today Sunday matinees or Sunday afternoon movies. Yeah, I I, I kind of... Do you like the word matinee or afternoon I movies? like afternoon. Okay. Because... Matinee usually implies that you're going mm, to the theater, and that's not yeah, necessarily yeah. always the case. I can't remember. It's been so long. I can't remember if I thought of this, but... You of, started it, and we said, oh, how about this? And then I think we may have probably just kind of come to the same the conclusion. I'm like, like, Friday night movies, what about Saturday? Well, we got to end on Sunday afternoon. Yeah. You're like, yeah. I think it... So we had like a UHF station um, about 60 miles away from where we lived. It was a Fox station. And this was back in the late 80s, early 90s when they didn't have really – they were just – it was all syndication or yeah. like um, – let's say first-run TV movies because some of mine that like are on Third here. run, fourth run. Yeah, or like, whoa. At least okay. two decades old and usually. One of my favorite horror franchises I was introduced to on – a Sunday afternoon movie. And it wasn't even like a big deal Sunday afternoon movie. It was just like a, we got to fill time between three and five. Yeah. 
And this was like, is that usually the time? Was it three and five or? I don't really remember, but I just remember seeing a lot. It was of usually like, the end of the afternoon, and by the time it was done, it was evening. Yeah, but usually. and this was back around the time that Fox. Or at they, least that's how they were for. This ones was that I saw. This was back around the time before Fox had football, or they still had like they had like, like the Simpsons were on. Married with Children was on. They had their Sunday night, you know, block of stuff, but they right. they had nothing in the afternoon. It was it was just movies up until time but like in the early afternoon that was called on the movies up until time <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was what the tv that, guide that'd be, said <laughs> that'd be fun um i'd come in from playing outside or doing doing whatever and my point to all that is you would see any number of kind of movies it, it might be the muppets you, you know the movie uh extremities yes yeah that i saw like on a sunday afternoon movie and back in the day i had Three or four choices. <laughs> if I wanted to watch TV, your antenna picked up. Well, guess what? You're going to watch a you're going to watch a gritty the- rape survival story today, <laughs> starring a guy that is not Mickey Rourke. Mickey Rourke. <laughs> I guess you just I, wanted to get that one in. I, I did a little bit. A little bit. That's. Uh, I guess that's as good as any transition gang. <laughs> Uh, so what was so you yours is kind of like a crapshoot for your Sundays kind of a crapshoot okay. because there's kind of a there's kind of a <laughs> that's funny that I did that you'll we'll laugh about that later okay uh, there's uh, there's sort of a, a tempo for the ones that I've got listed as a Sunday afternoon movie some I watched as a kid some I th- I've watched now and some I think would just be fitting but the tone isn't really exciting necessarily right. it's it's not fast paced it's 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 more like, hey, chill the fuck out, kind of cool your heels. Okay, the way I the way I looked at Sunday movies, and the way I've looked at Sunday movies in the past or Sunday afternoon movies, is I these were the type of movies that I would kind of gravitate towards. Don't want anything too deep or heavy, because you're rolling into Monday. Okay. Something that might provide some adventure, but nothing that can bring me down. Knowing that you're rolling right into Monday morning, going right back into the daily grind. I don't want something that's going to be a downer for me usually. Mm. And so I would typically go for – and now these are some choices and these are some of the ones that we're usually on. A lot of Saturday afternoon – Saturday, Sunday afternoon movies that I would I would see were a lot of like 70s disaster movies. They were like the big mm. shit yeah. in the 70s, yeah. the big blockbusters. By the time it was the late 80s, early 90s, they were, had, almost... they were relegated to – Sunday afternoon. So when I kind think of a Sunday afternoon, yeah, yeah, I see. Um, I, I see what you, I, I, we but, have. We have similar thought processes, but different kind of tones. But there was also other things that that I would gravitate towards. Is I love farcical comedy sometimes, depending on the movie, and so sometimes I just want something that's just fucking funny. Sure. And then every once in a while, I'll like kind of some light-hearted biopics. Okay. Give me a good story, but don't be too depressing. You know, okay. I want this story to be. Maybe I'll have a bit of an uplifting ending. I don't know. I, um, this is my number six. Mayday! 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 What the hell is that? Mayday? Why? That's the Russian New Year. You know, we'll have a big parade and we'll serve hot or dirt. <laughs> anymore i've got to get out of here i've got to get out of here calm down get a hold of yourself 
<laughs> I think my favorite joke in airplane. There's so many. Oh, dude, it's a joke a minute. Yeah, it's it's hilarious. My favorite, I think, joke. I just love the long line that are all waiting there. Lady it's with a, a pistol and the the bat to slap the lady. My favorite joke is the sight gag when he says, "If this doesn't work out right, the shit's really gonna hit the fan." The and it's giant, just a giant pile of shit, shit that, that hits the fan, and, and, the... and it stops the rotation of the fan for yes. a second. <laughs> I fucking lost. I mean, I was like ten. Well, yeah. But man, that movie is perfect at the age of ten. It is, or a little bit earlier. My first, it might have been twelve. But uh, my first introduction to the Zuckers was Naked Gun. Okay, and then very quickly, uh, Hot Shots. Uh, one of my favorite lines. It's another Lloyd Bridges line. Uh, well, no, actually, the thing I say a lot. It's not necessarily my favorite joke from Airplane, but I say it a lot. It's like when shit starts to get weird at work, like. Pick the wrong week to stop sniffing glue. I always say sniffing glue because <laughs> that's the last one. Well, we use a lot of glue, right? Too. <laughs> um, but one of my favorite jokes from Hot Shots is uh, he gets <laughs> Lloyd Bridges' character gets off the plane, walks up to like the staff sergeant or whatever, and staff sergeant says, "Good afternoon, General. How are you?" And he goes, "Hawaii." God damn it, Bill! I'm supposed to be in California. <laughs> they're just <laughs> stupid. They're basically it's a fucking ninety minute dad joke. You know? Yeah. What I love about Airplane is it was probably one of the first kind of farcical movies that I had seen as a kid. It was, this is 1980. Um, I probably didn't see it, at, obviously, at five. And at five, I probably wouldn't have gotten most of it. But within a few years, I remember seeing this. It may have been pre, like, Mel Brooks stuff at mm-hmm. that time. Or at least I was familiar with Mel Brooks, maybe. But, I mean, this was, like... The shit. This <laughs> everything was a joke, a fucking second. Yep. Everything was fucking funny. And what's even even more funny is the, the multiple layers of jokes that are in the movie itself. What's good about I heard Leslie Nielsen talking about it one time because they did a they did a show before they made uh, 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 the Naked Gun back in the early eighties. There was a, it was a TV show called Police Squad, mm-hmm. and it got canceled because it was a very short run. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, people didn't. It, yeah, people didn't it watch didn't... it. He he had a, he had a perfect reason for it because it's it's literally just like airplane. Yeah, he said on a but small like twenty two minute form or whatever. Well, no, on a small screen you don't see the sight gags that are just happening unnoticed in the background. True. And he said people didn't notice it and they didn't know what to make of it, and that's why it didn't work on TV. But on the movie screen, it works brilliantly because you're thirty feet high, and yeah, here he is slapping the shit out of a woman just after the other guy did, and the other yeah. guy did, and the other guy did, and you see like just. The, the long line another, of people waiting one of the to greatest, beat the shit out of the lady who can't calm down. One of the greatest sight gags in it is when they all start freaking out, and then there's just some woman that runs in front of the screen, stops, and squares up on the camera, and her boobs. Titties! Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> yeah. ah, boobs, out of frame. And it's like, did that just happen? That's yeah. awesome. And a PG movie, too. You can get that you got, across. Yeah, you get it? Yeah, every once in a while, that's can get it across. That's a good pick, man. Well, it's also because... it. At the time that I saw it, I just thought it was a funny movie. I had no idea that it was playing on all of the disaster films, sure. especially like the airport films from yeah. the 70s. Yeah. That's what never made sense at that time. It's just the movie's absurd. It's silly. Um, I just saw it at the right age. It often scratches the same itch whenever I want to see like a Mel Brooks movie as well. Sure. Pretty sure I saw it before I was 10. Um most of the off-color jokes went way over my head, but damn it, this movie wasn't hilarious. I love the guy painting the picture in the hosp- the VA hospital of the guy like in the Jeep jumping out with a grenade, and then the camera pans to the right, and there's literally a Jeep and a guy jumping out with a grenade <laughs> in the hospital. <Yeah. laughs> 
the I, love, drink, I have a drinking problem. I love that he has a drinking problem. I He's do. just pouring. He doesn't know how to he drink. Physically he physically can't, can't drink. drink. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's fun. I mean, it's, I never knew. I, I didn't know that they were making fun of a movie called Saturday Night Live with the flashback disco Saturday shit. Night Fever. Or, yeah, Saturday Night Fever. Excuse me. Uh, <laughs> and with the – is it two like, gr- like Girl Scouts that are – Keep fighting kind of a knife fight or something. Yeah, yeah like, it is. <laughs> I think the last time I watched that movie from beginning to end, I think you and me were at like Mike Armistead's. Oh, wow. possibly it was a long time ago. That is a long time ago. Well, Mike, if you listen to the show, here's your shout out. Yeah. <laughs> Airplane. Okay, that's a good pick. Um, my number six is the one that jumped into my head when we talked about this list. I saw Phantasm two. And Phantasm 3 on the same day, on a Sunday afternoon. It was like, I guess, afternoon, early afternoon, late afternoon. They just like, let's just roll them. Back to back? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but moreover, it was Phantasm 3. I remember just specifically laying on the floor watching it. Are you familiar? I've seen the first one. It's weird. It's a slow Fucking burn. weird. It's, it's a... It's you have to you love it or you. You don't. can say it's a slow burn. I may just say it's slow, and I'm not discrediting the movie. It's no, fucking I, weird. I get it, dude. It's of all the horror movies of the '80s and like late '70s, it's fucking weird. Yeah, it's. I it's almost it's almost like David Lynch. It's like its, it's own like, like subgenre of a subgenre. Yeah, you're exactly right. And it's for me. It's. I mean, I I I'll watch him anytime now. Um, but for me, it's it's part it's Phantasm two and or three because they're that's when they got into the eighties and they had like a little bit more money and it what's, was what's the writer director Don Don Coscarelli Coscarelli um, they had some with especially with the second one which was it went to I think Universal so they got rid of a larger of, they got distri- rid, distribution yes they got rid of one of the original stars and recast him with the guy you'd know him if you saw him. Uh, he's like, Clint oh, that Howard. guy. No. Uh, and they did one of the 80s tropes of having a psychic girl be <laughs> a love interest and help fight the villain. Just they tried and it didn't work. And by part three, they brought Mike back. Which from, one was about Mike's the boy that he's boy. Is he known as the mechanic? Is that? No, he, that was in Genesis. No, you just you gave when you did your bubblegum squad, you listed one of the. Reggie, he's an ice Reg- cream man. Okay, that's what it is. Ice cream man. Um, I swear I misinterpreted it, but yeah. Okay. If you don't... Didn't mean to derail you there, That's okay. If, even if you like Phantasm, they're kind of head scratchers, but they're just... They're to be taken... Kind of like I said earlier, a David Lynch movie. It's like, they know that it's pretty thin. There's not really a plot. <laughs> there is, but there's not. You just have to... It, I get that. There really is, but isn't a plot... It's just kind of like, isn't this imagery cool? Isn't this fun? Look, he's taking two shotguns, lashed them together, cut the blades off, and screwed a flashlight to it. That's badass. The orb kills are cool. There's some good like zombie stuff in them. Wow, there was 10 years between the first and second movie? They funded it. Well, other than the second one, they, they, that's another, another thing back end that I love about Phantasm. It's all self-contained. It's the same group of people, except when it went to Universal. Um, all like a family not a family thing, but all same writer, director, same stars. Right. Other than again, the second one. Um, and yeah, I remember, I remember being a kid on a Sunday afternoon, finding it. And it was like, it was horror. I could watch because it wasn't Freddie chasing you down the hall. It's definitely a different slice of pie in the horror genre. And that's kind of how I first got into horror was phantasm. Cause it's almost like, 
There's a little bit of fun action to it, but it's. Okay. I don't want to say a think piece either because it's, it's not. But it's <laughs> if you know Phantasm, you know what I'm trying to say. If you don't know Phantasm, the, I like the first one, but I, I the second and third one are my favorites. If you don't know Phantasm, when you go back, do you have to do one, two, three? No, or I'll do go. You just I'll, do, I'll if, just if whatever I go, you want. If I go back, I'll. You don't have to. They, no. they recap each no, time. No, no, I understand that, but I meant like as a purist or whatever. Do oh, I don't do that. I'm not a purist. Okay. I'm. I was just curious. Recently, on a Sunday afternoon, I did bust out part three by itself and just watched it. Lost. Speaking of Lost, this is J.J. Uh, Abrams, one of his favorite uh, movies. Wow. That's why um, Captain Phasma in oh, The Force that, Awakens. I remember you saying that. That's why yeah. she's made out of the, her suit's the, made out of the metal. The chrome. Which is supposed to be the Naboo cruiser, I think. Or really? Pal- Palpatine's ship. Anyway, Phantasm 2 or 3. Nerd alert. <laughs> <laughs> Phantasm 2 or 3. That's my number six. What's your number five? The game ended at 3.30, and when it did, that's when Dean shouted out, Hey, tip Molly if you want to get invited back next week. Tip Molly. Deep down, I didn't like the sound of that. Thank you so much. Deep down, I knew that when your boss says... Hey, Molly. Yeah. Don't fucking tell anybody. That's usually not the beginning of a promising law career. See you next week. But that was deep down. I just made $3,000. The movie is called Molly's Game. Written and directed by Aaron Sorkin. It's Jessica Chastain. That explains all the dialogue wordiness. Aaron Sorkin. Okay. Was the camera following? Uh, There was a lot of cuts and clips and montage. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This was his, uh, this was actually Aaron Sorkin's directorial debut. Uh, Jessica Chastain plays, he's written a lot, but this was the first time he was behind the camera directing. What fucking year was it? 2017. He's written. Who am I thinking of then that does the camera work where uh, the camera is usually facing the, obviously it's facing the people, but it's tracking with them as they walk down a hallway at work. He did 70, uh, the Sunset Strip, Sports Night. Aaron Sorkin. Who directed that? I don't know. Whoever was a part of his television crew that directed it. But he typically wrote. He didn't usually direct. Okay. Um, My bad. Sorry. No, that's okay. He did a lot of tracking stuff like in West Wing and all all of that in Sports Night. And those are his shows. Okay. Um, And he did a lot of that. But that was all a part of the collaborative effort of the show to – we're going to carry this conversation, but we need to move from point A to point B. Let's make it – When the first time he did it, it was It's a way to make a a very word-heavy – Drama still engaging, sure, in in many ways. It gives it movement. I'm yeah, with you now. Okay, but uh, Jessica Chastain she plays uh, Molly Brown, a world class uh, skier who, after a terrible accident during a qualifying event for the Salt Lake City Olympics, ends up getting into the underground world of high stakes poker. She runs this elite game for about a decade until the FBI kicks down her door, and unbeknownst to her, some of her biggest clients were Informants. the Russian mob. Mm. And so she hires a criminal defense lawyer um, who's played by Idris Elba. Oh, uh, yeah. And so who, through the course of the film, discovers that there's much more to Molly than what the tabloids are telling about her. And so it's just a – it's really engaging. I actually ended up watching most of it this morning because after Ivy woke me up, I couldn't go back to sleep. And it was the one of the last movies on this list that I hadn't watched in a little while and okay. I wanted more – I wanted a fresh, like, viewing of it again. Still, it's really good. It's just 
dialogue crackles. There's a lot going on, but it's very engaging, and it's it's interesting to watch kind of this underground does uh, poker world. Does Idris Elba play? Is he play it American or does he play it British? American. Okay, he's playing a specific. It's a true based on a true story. Oh no! Shit. I'm sorry. I okay, I, that's the one thing I did not say. It's based on a true story. What a twist! What a twist! Um, yeah. So Molly's game. Okay, that's one of my. Um, gotcha. Um, my number five is the Karate Kid. That's one of those. It's not really. There's not a ton of humor in it, but you talked about not being something too heavy, not being something. No, no, no! I get that. That is not a. I could watch that movie anytime. And, and I, I wrote that down. Like I really, a as lot a kid, of these are hard to kind of like, to pin down specifically Sunday. But these yeah. were the ones that I would lean more towards. As a, a kid, Sunday. I would watch Karate Kid pretty much whenever I wanted. But it's, I could almost see it now as being a Sunday afternoon movie from a nostalgia point. But like as a kid, that shit would get you hype, dude. Because you're like, he just beat that guy's ass. <laughs> I'm gonna go to school tomorrow when somebody fucks with me. I'm going to try to do the crane. I'm going to do an illegal move in the hallway and (laughs) kick him in the face. Um, There's a certain visual tone to the film stock that like those disaster movies have and Airplane has because it was copping those. But the at least the copy of Karate Kid I had had that look not unprocessed, but looked a little less than processed. Right. And just I don't know. It just that just to me feels like some shit that I would watch on a Sunday afternoon because also it's an old an old friend. But, you know, the. You know the story. You don't have to put too much thought into it, but it's still a good fucking story. It's yeah. engaging, fun to watch. And, you know, it's a little bit uplifting. And you roll into dinner. You know, you might start this at 4, 4.30. Go till, you know, 5.30 or 6. You roll into dinner and you're feeling good because Danielson wins the day. The All-Valley Tourney. And it's pretty... Um, it's a nice little tootsie roll of a movie, you know? It is. Um, it's not too long. It's about an hour 40. It doesn't... It gets in and out. It doesn't stay too long. There's not like, oh, this is going on for way too long, and I'm just going to skip to the next scene. They waited for the sequels to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I truly – I haven't seen I haven't seen Karate Kid 2 since 1986. Well, that's too bad because 2 is a decent sequel. Is it? It's okay. just after that, it's, it all goes downhill. Yeah. It's not good. I forgot he was two – in- is, 2 is still subpar to the original. Sure. But what's fun with that is having how they've been able to pull all of those characters back into Cobra Kai still. Yeah. But, you think yeah. they'll pull Hillary Swank? Uh, <laughs> I'm kind of being Her serious. Her connection was just to Miyagi. I don't think she had any connection to Daniel LaRusso. So I'm pretty sure that. It'd be fun if she turned up like somehow because. It's just <laughs> ding, ding, comes into like the car dealership or something. <laughs> It'd be kind of I don't know that that it, would be weird, yeah. but it would be kind of funny. I've never seen the next Karate Kid. Three was already bad enough, and it was only supposed to be one year after the first championship. Oh no, that's dumb. Yet it went from eighty four to eighty nine. Was it eighty nine? It was eighty. Yeah, it was like eighty eight or eighty nine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but the first one, yeah, fucking, it's good. Any old time, but. It's a good Any Sunday old time, movie. but it's a, it, that is a good that is a good choice for um, a Sunday afternoon movie. I just saw my number four and got really excited about it because it's a great fucking movie. What's your number four? A short clip, I swear to God. <laughs> so was your last one. The people have no idea why I'm saying that because I took the three-minute clip that you played and I cut it down to like 18 seconds. <laughs> All pay heed. The Lord, the Lord Jehovah, 
has given unto you these 15. Ten. Ten commandments for all to obey. That's good. That's... <laughs> Look, as a child who grew up in a conservative Christian household, I spent a lot of time watching a lot of old school sword and sandal historical epics of the 50s and 60s, especially those that lean more towards the biblical era, whether it was Ben-Hur or the Ten Commandments. Do you like gladiator Enough. movies? Right, exactly. <laughs> Billy. Uh, so when I was a younger, when I was a young teenager and a friend introduced me to this brilliant Mel Brooks parody for the first time, it was like watching something that felt a kind of like taboo or a little forbidden. Mm, sure. uh, and I fell out of my seat when I first witnessed the Old Testament scene when he says 15 and he fucking drops. Oi. Oi. Ten. Ten commandments for all to obey. Uh, I remember being a kid at the end of it. I thought like, that was the funniest damn thing I'd ever seen. It being History of the World Part 1, I was like, I want to watch History of the World Part 2. And my mom was like, there isn't one, simp. That's the joke. Yeah. Oh. Yes. I was the same he did, but he did I take, got duped as well. But he did take Jews in space, technically. Yeah. And later remade it as Spaceballs. Yeah. Uh, I love that. No, I, I was the, duped as well for Part 2. Apparently, the Part 1 of the film's title is merely a... a also, an historical joke. Um, the History of the World, Volume 1, was written by Sir Walter Raleigh. While prisoner in the Tower of London, he had only managed to complete the first volume before being beheaded. <laughs> so that's what the joke was. That's funny. Uh, I, love that the, uh, I love that the X-Wing fighters and Jews in space are stars of David. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't look Druish. Now, there's a line from this that I say quite a bit, uh, usually in regards to illicit substances, alcohol or drugs or, or whatever. But uh, it's when the uh, his name is Rudy DeLuca. He's the centurion chasing them. Uh, right. And they, they do Mighty Joint. And the, the, the weed starts to take effect. And he goes, no, no, you just got to be, got to be cool. Got to be cool, man. Let the coolness get into your vertebrae. <laughs> I say that shit all the time. <laughs> History of the World Part 1. That's your number four. That is. That's a good pick. That is a good... Uh, Our lists are similar. Yeah. Um, have you ever seen a movie called Dead Calm? Yes. It's one of those... It takes place in one location, but yeah. it takes place... A at, boat? Yeah. But <laughs> at, but out at sea, so yeah, there's yeah. different there's different shots. Yes. So I was going to say you could almost... Technically two boats, because then they come across... Him and they, they come across the yeah. yeah the carcass of his ship, which it's never really explained how he's there, but it's right. it's implied that he killed everyone on the boat. Yeah, and then he. It's been a while since I've seen that. Probably it's a, good a fucking fifteen to twenty years, I would guess. But that's good. It's a good. It's like a psychological. Yeah, it's a good movie. kind of thriller. Because she was nineteen at the time. Nicole Kidman was. Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah. No. Yep. Wow. Um. You guys haven't, if you guys haven't seen it or don't know what we're talking about, they come, uh, Sam Neill and his, uh, his wife. I know who directed it. Who directed it? Philip Noyce. I don't know why. Okay. Let's see if I'm right. Um, they're out like trying to recapture their life because their son had gotten killed by a, That's right. a train, I believe. So they see Billy Zane and he's like screaming for help and he swims on the boat and he basically takes it over, ties up Sam Neill and like fucking he rapes her character. Yeah. And. It's like psychological horror yeah. movie, and then it's and her kind of her struggle, like how to trick him into like thinking all is good, and then they they fucking kill him. <laughs> yeah, 
they win. It doesn't end well. It doesn't end well. Really, not for anybody. But for they, nobody. Yeah. They don't. They don't die. Um, it's an intense. It's one of the few things I forgot until you reminded me <laughs> that happened. I don't think I saw that on a Sunday afternoon movie, but it's one of those where it's like. Yeah, that's kind of. I could see. Like a sleepy tone. Yeah. Oh yeah. Not sleepy, but you know. Yeah, no, it, it kind of has a sleepy. T- I, no, for as you, brutal that's... and gruesome as the movie is, it's, but it's it's really good. It's like obviously a really small cast. No, that's a good pull. I haven't, yeah, I haven't seen that. Before. I, I got to see movie. when that comes out again. Uh, if you haven't seen Dead, if you haven't seen Dead Calm, I pretty well spoiled it for you listening to it there. But check it out. That's my number four. What's your number three? Uh, the Poseidon Adventure, nineteen seventy-two. The fun mm-hmm. part about these types of films, this is probably one of two of. Like my favorite seventies like disaster pictures. What was the deal in the seventies? Were they just they just they, wanting shit to like? They wanted all big all star casts, mm. and so in order to do that, they had to have this event. And then let's bring in all the big names. And they're okay. only going to be in for so long, and then they'll most likely get killed off potentially. Okay. Um, but the fun part about these types of films is that specifically in the seventies, they became the all star studded cast, and then it became a betting game to see who was going to die first. <laughs> okay. And then eventually who was going to live the longest? <laughs> uh, who was going to make it out alive? Uh, did they it, not remake this with Kurt Russell like 10, 12 years uh, ago? I don't know if Kurt Russell was in it, but I know they did remake it in the early or to mid 2000s. I know that Richard Dreyfus was in it. Not as good as the original. Gene Hackman he, was in um, have been great the first if, one. It would have been great if Richard Dreyfus was playing Matt Hooper. <laughs> oh jeez it's 25 years later or I've whatever. been here before <laughs> I'm gonna go hide under those rocks uh, it's just these spectacle disaster movies whether they're man made or just an, the mother mother nature act of God but these were the kind of movies I just loved watching on a Sunday afternoon they seemed to populate a lot of the UHF Sunday afternoon movie. The Why? original 70 version had like Ernest Borgnine and Gene Hackman were like a couple of the bigger names. Uh, they weren't going for sex appeal, were they? No. Jesus. Not... <laughs> Most Bor- of the people die. The ship turns completely upside down. And just the obstacles of trying to make your way to a, a spot where you might be able to get out. I think 9/11 kind of ruined those kind of movies. I can see how that. Of course, would. they made they made Poseidon in 2006. Did it? The remake did was it in ruin 06? it? Then I, I guess, guess not. not. <laughs> it's only five years after. <laughs> you know what I think? Anything I think enough time's gone past. Yeah. <laughs> let's but let's do the. Let's, I think it's okay. Let's let's do the one in the water. Let's not do the towering inferno. Still too soon. For that me. I could see them not doing for three. I know I use Footloose for my villain speeches, but I'm using it again. <laughs> <laughs> it's just fun. I said okay. I said it before. The older I get, I think I kind of love Footloose. Oh, I watched that from beginning to end. I think for the very first time about a year ago, maybe two or three. For I me. had seen enough of all of the scenes here and there. Sure, that just watching it in actual chronological order was a little weird. It, but it wasn't bad. It, it I was fits, just though. It fits here. It's an empty now. It's an empty '80s movie. Back in the '80s, it would have been like a Saturday night fucking date. Take oh, old, yeah. Take old Mary Ellen to the movie theater and try to get lucky, or maybe even the drive-in. Just the way those empty-ass 80s movies were played so seriously, like, all they wanted to do was dance. That's, that's fucking stupid. But it's kind of like a music video now. Okay. You know? The music is fun, and you can... It's kind of like... It's never going to be like Roadhouse. Like, where you, we, I started off riffing on Roadhouse, being like, this movie is dumb. I watch it now, and I'm like, 
fucking roadhouse. <laughs> shit. Well, of course. It's still but, dumb, but in a fun way because it's ridiculous. It's kind of one yeah. of those where, like, I want to watch something fun. I can kind of goof on it, but it's also kind of good. Kill some time. Sunday afternoon would be when I would watch it. This would be one that Jamie and I would both watch. Yeah. Um, I, I think when I watched it last, I didn't realize that there were at least two more songs that were off the soundtrack that I had heard on the radio that I didn't realize were from the that were actually in the film. Oh, yeah. Let's hear it for and the boy. And maybe uh, he's here for the boy. There might have been one or two others where I was like, this was from that? Yeah. It's like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, that was a huge uh, soundtrack. I know. I, I've... In recent history, I've I've even said out loud that I hate this movie, but it's it's grown on me, and I think I might be a Footloose fan. Footloose. Have you watched the remake? I know, and I will not. <laughs> I've only That's just right. I've only just come to like the fucking original, dude. <laughs> Don't ruin it's, it for me. It's you. only been like thirty fucking thirty five years since it came out. Yeah. Let me, let me spend some. Let me spend thirty or forty years with it, then I'll watch the Zac Efron version when I'm an old man. Is that who was in the remake? Yeah. What's your number two? So, to summarize, you have a minuscule revenue stream, no cash reserves, and an albatross of a contract that requires you to go through a slow approval process to enact changes, if they're approved at all, which they never are. Am I missing anything? I'm about sums it up. Tell me about the land. The land. The land, the buildings, how that whole aspect of it works. Oh, pretty simple, really. Franchisee finds a piece of land he likes, Gets a lease, usually 20 years, uh, takes our construction loan, throws up a building, and off he goes. So the operator selects the site. Yeah. He picks the property. Right. You provide the training, the system, the operational know-how, and he is responsible for the rest. Mm, is there a problem? A big one. You don't seem to realize what business you're in. You're not in the burger business. You're in the real estate business. I remember when I was a kid, they had a plaque of Ray Kroc. On <laughs> the the founder? Yeah. Uh, I remember those a lot as well. Bronze. Like yeah. Right on the wall. Like, they don't have those anymore, do they? No, I don't think this so. This shows, he was an asshole, right? This is like watching the villain origin story. Okay. The founder, it's... What's it called? The founder. Okay, yeah. Literally the founder. Yeah. Uh, it's the founders, uh, 2016. That is Michael Keaton and that's BJ Novak. BJ Novak, yeah. Um, and you, you understand where his dilemma comes from because he's, I think when he starts, like when he first discovers the McDonald brothers, he's like in his either late forties or early fifties. Now, granted, Michael Keaton's a little older than that when in this movie, but that's like the age that Ray Kroc was. But I just – I find this mostly unflattering biopic about Ray Kroc strangely fascinating because you see where his struggles were. You see where his genius was. But unfortunately, at the same time, it was also the fuck over the two brothers. He, this is basically the start of how he was able to work his way around the McDonald's brothers' mm. system to where <clears throat> it's like all I have are lawyers – I can buy you out and buy your name or you can keep fighting it. And it was a, unfortunately it was a real shitty move. Yeah. It's a bad dick move. Yeah. That's why Americans are fat. Yeah. The downside to watching this is after you finish watching it, sometimes you're just like, 
kind of want some McDonald's, <laughs> which is really sad. Wendy's is better. <laughs> Wendy's is better, but still, there's that thing. But it's just he's stilted by trying to grow the business, and the two brothers that just don't want to expand, and eventually he starts buying the land underneath where they're building. He's like Lex Luthor. Yeah. <laughs> or Donald Trump. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Land, land, land. <laughs> I Here's one I had no interest in watching for the longest time, about 10 years. <laughs> the Wrestler. I haven't watched that in a while. That last time I think I watched The Wrestler was when I was working for Surrogate City. We were oh, on Jesus. the process of going out of business. And so I decided to... Fuck off one day? <laughs> yeah. Like, I went on my lunch break. I grabbed a, a couple of burgers from Wendy's, <laughs> believe it. And then I went and saw, like, the 2 o'clock, like, one thirty, two o'clock showing yeah. of The Wrestler. I just came back in, like, three to three and a half hours late. Like, at least three hours late. Yeah. And no one had any idea that I yeah. went and saw it. I'm not break. the biggest Mickey Rourke fan. Mickey Rourke! <laughs> <laughs> Didn't do it on purpose, but there it is. <laughs> uh, but everybody loved this movie. I, I typically, I let, when a movie's all big and fad and like a darling, everybody's like water cooler movie, yeah. a lot of the time I let the I let the, the, the dust settle Yeah, and watch it. You know, I didn't have to wait 10 years. You don't but, live on the hype of everybody yeah, else's yeah. recommendations. Let, the hype, let like, the hype die down. And I liked it. It was fun. It was. It, it, it's good. It's it definitely sad. Made, it made me want to look. Look into like pro wrestling docs. I'm not a yeah, yeah. I'm not a pro wrestling fan. I, I'm not but either. I appreciate what those what those people do, like to entertain. Especially the ones that work through like the like old school circuits yeah. of like what like they, the low end. What they what they do for such little pay to their bodies to entertain yokels is yokels. Is, sorry, is they are you know what you can call them yokels and yokels. There's two different kinds. Yeah, and it uh, shows what a bad relationship he had with his daughter. Have you seen? Marissa Tomei is in that as well. Yeah, she's she's the love interest. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen? uh, Have you watched any of the uh, the docs about pro wrestling? There's some good ones. Dark Side of the Ring. One that I really liked was called The Resurrection of Jake the Snake Roberts. I I think this might have been Resurrection of Jake the Snake. Either way, yeah. Pretty accurate fucking movie. Um, and I believe Always Sunny did a parody of it. Uh huh. But they did it with Roddy Piper. And there's a line from it that we say from the Roddy Piper parody. Uh, he said something about his, you guys remind me of my kids. And then Dennis goes, oh, you have kids, Mr. Maniac? And he goes, uh, no, not no more. <laughs> and we, hey, do we have any cheese in the fridge? No. Uh, not no more. <laughs> uh, I don't know that. I'll, actually, I was going to say, I don't know that I'll get back to this anytime soon, but I actually really kind of want to rewatch it. I would gladly rewatch that again. Didn't it win? It, I think Marissa Tomei may have won an Oscar for her performance. I don't know. I know it was nominated for quite a few. Maybe Mickey Rourke. It was. I think it was directed by Darren Aronofsky, who did um, Requiem for Requiem for a Dream it's and a Black kind of, Swan and different kind of movie. Yeah, Whew. he does a lot of dark, yeah, in tone like films. Yeah, it's a good director. It's just you got. I, you got to be in the mood for that one, but this I can, can kind of see that. This is what me. brought Mickey Rourke back. From this wherever. would not be a Sunday afternoon movie necessarily for me because you know that he's just waiting to die. To die. I, this was like the whatever neighborhood of Hollywood he was. His career was hanging out, and it brought him back out of that for a while. It did. 
And it kind of like did the Pulp Fiction thing. Yeah. It, it had the Pulp Fiction effect. But it only had a three or four year. Yeah, for the most part. It <laughs> he was could only like, run that spell for three or four it's years. It's like he popped back up in Iron Man 2 and then he's kind of... What was he in Iron Man 2? He was Whiplash. He was the villain, main yeah. villain in the second one. The Wrestler. It's my number two. What's your number one? Have you ever seen Julie and Julia? No, but I do know, you know of... I do know the premise of it. Okay. That's a good pick. It's probably one of my favorite underrated um, films from um, writer-director Nora Ephron. Mm-hmm. Um, in 09, she crafted a script from two different books. One was um, called Julie and Julia by Julie Powell, and the other one was My Life in France by Julia Child. And um, that followed Julie back in 2002 when she was working uh, for the Lower Manhattan Development Corporation. I had to write that one down because it's sounds a like a, a fun bit of a job. mouthful. Which was created specifically to deal with the aftermath of 9-11. Mm. Um, she wanted to dedicate the rest of her time and effort to doing something that she loved doing, and so which she loved cooking. And so she had taken her mom's uh, book of Mastering the Art of French Cooking by Julie Child and decided within one year she was going to cook all of the recipes that were in the book. Right. But uh, the movie is just what I specifically said at the beginning. It's just – it's very – it's lighthearted, it's it's easy on the soul, and it also successfully makes you kind of hungry at the same time. It makes you kind of want to cook. <laughs> okay. Um, it makes you, oh, that's a lot of butter you're putting in that dish, and everything's better with butter. Cream fraiche. Right. Cream fraiche. Uh, it's just a good film to watch, in the, especially on a Sunday afternoon. You feel inspired to cook something maybe for dinner that night. It's just it's wonderful and just really fun to watch. And so my number one is Julie and Julia from 2009. I think we've both ended on a similar tone. I went with 1994's Forrest Gump. Ugh, I just watched that again recently. Is it? I lo- It's still good. Still good? Okay. Oh, yeah. It gives me chills when I watch. Um, there's one specific scene at the Black Panther party when Jenny gets slapped and Forrest just powers through that room yeah. and fucking beats the shit out of that dude. Yeah. I, I love that scene every time. I don't know why. Now, granted, I really hate the fact of how shitty, unfortunately, Jenny is to Forrest, but it still holds up pretty well. Okay. I enjoy it. I, I still like it. Lisa it's, can't stand that movie. It's, really? Yeah, she cannot stand Forrest Gump. What is, it, what is it about it that she doesn't like? It's the to ask her. The bubble gumminess of it? The kind of, it's, the it's golly like gee, aren't the, we a great country kind of? I don't even know if it's that, if it's much of the the poor light, uh, light shed on Southerners mm. kind of bothers her as well. I see. Okay. There's other things I'd really have to dig in. I don't really. It's push one of those too much on why she doesn't I like it so much. I think I haven't watched it in I don't know how long. To the, that's why I asked you if it still holds up because I'd be. Curious. I still enjoyed it. Um, it doesn't really have a plot, does it? It it's just follows him through the points of history, and it's it's a non. I don't want to say non-linear. It's kind of. It's it's a chronicle, like yeah. you have it's an odd chapters. Format. Like yeah, it's yeah. it's episodic or, um, no, I was gonna say and it's anthology like, but that's not true. But it's very episodic through his life. Um, it's one of those you could in a in an earlier time you could come across it on TV and just turn it on and go like I'll, I'll leave this on in the background this afternoon. Yeah, yeah. do laundry, do that. some dishes, or if nowadays if you're if I'm out cutting the grass, say, and I 
come through and Jamie's watching it. I would go, oh, yeah, that scene. Okay, I'm going to watch the rest of this now. And then that's your afternoon gone. <laughs> um, and it's a good way to fill up an hour, especially if it's on TV. Right. It, like network. It would fill up easily a whole afternoon with commercials and runtime. Yeah, because that movie's like two hours and 20 minutes. With If you don't cut much out of that, that movie's easily over three hours um, with commercials. Oh. But it's it's another one of those where it's – I mean, it's deep, I guess, heavy, heavy in some parts, but it's overall a lighthearted movie. It is overall a lighthearted movie <laughs> because um, Forrest himself is lighthearted. Is lighthearted. Yeah. There's a similar movie from the 70s, maybe early 80s, with Peter Sellers called Being There. I've seen that so long ago. He asked Dix his way into several different... He's a gardener. Right. His name's Chauncey. He asked Dix his way into several different like famous historical this is like his la- One of his last films, or his last yeah. film, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that was actually a Sunday afternoon movie around our house, too. I remember watching it. It was really downshifted. <laughs> I think the only thing that doesn't really hold up with Forrest Gump is while a lot of the visuals are pretty decent, when they change the uh, – they reanimate the president's talking, uh-huh. like they generate new words for him to say, uh-huh. some of that kind of sticks out a bit, especially the Lyndon Johnson bit. But uh, I just, I, I just find God all damn, of his. Son. Yeah, I like to see that sometimes. <laughs> damn, son. Army said that was a million dollar wound, but I mean, must keep that because I never saw a nickel of that million dollars. <laughs> I remember everyone this, the year it came out. I, I, I was convinced. I saw that twice in the theater. That was the year I graduated high school. I had a lot of time before I started college, and man, I was one of the one of the few that I remember. Like I got to see that again. That I was convinced really that. I was convinced that everyone – it was using uh, uh, subliminal advertising because everyone would say the same thing about it. They couldn't tell you why they liked it. They couldn't tell you what about it they liked. But they just – it's such a great movie. I love that movie. At three or four people. My mom and I were walking up to somebody in a parking lot and she said, hey, have you seen Forrest Gump? And I said, she's going to say she loved it. It's one of her favorite movies. And that's exactly what she said. And my mom goes, you might be right. <laughs> well, there you have it, gang. That is our uh, pick six list of Sunday afternoon movies. Did we make – Mick, did we make, pick, did we list any of yours? <laughs> Let us know. Uh, like, follow uh, us, rate us, review us, tell a friend, tell an enemy, tell that guy working at the deli that might be a pro wrestler on the side. Hey, you. Or the person sitting there waiting on, for the bus for the number nine. <laughs> let them let let know we here. Swing over to uh, sixpackdoublefeature.com, buy a t-shirt, buy a sticker. T-shirts are eight bucks shipped. Stickers are a dollar shipped. Actually, I think they're two dollars shipped. Either way, or they come free with a T-shirt. <laughs> so save yourself two dollars. We're gonna skate, gang. Um, as I've got it slated, Nathan. Next episode is album openers. Is that? I don't have anything slated. So I've got one. Just pull up the old. We have pen. several that were written down. I haven't put in the next ten or so in any type of order. Next one I have is album openers. So all right, and I've already got my six written down. I have zero. Maybe one. That's about it. Yeah, I have that'll one. Be, that'll be it'll be a fun episode. Uh will that require clips? It'll be it'll be kind of clip heavy. To play underneath while we talk yeah, about it. Yeah, like probably. we did with soundtracks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That would make sense. Yeah. So we'll see you in a couple weeks, gang, for that. Like I said, rate us, review us. In the meantime, take care of each other and stay off the moors. 
Six is a Clopec Media production. Like and follow them at Six Pack Double Feature Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or buy a t-shirt and sticker at sixpackdoublefeaturepodcast.com. And wherever you pick six, pick six responsibly. I just want to tell you both good luck. We're all counting on you.